Good evening and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Oh, not much, man. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. Another victory Monday, three in a row. All right. It's it's fall. I mean, we're switching seasons. Everything's back to normal and the Dukes are three and oh, like always. Um, yeah, this was a fun one, huh, Rob? I mean, yeah, it was. It was. It was kind of in the moment. I'm not sure how. No, no, it was. Nerve- it was, it was nerve wracking as heck. But uh, no, it was. It was a good result. I mean, yeah. It. We say this every week, but this is what we signed up for. We hundred percent games on a Saturday that would you know maybe could do with a little less heart in my throat. But um, we didn't want to just go through the motions of an overmatched blowout. We wanted to be competitive, and or we we got that and then some, huh? Yeah, man, I I just, I was thinking, yeah, I mean, we'll get into the game, but I was thinking we had people down at, at Bryce this weekend and a bunch of people wanted to come watch the game. And like only a couple of them are JMU people, you know, like we had them maybe 10 people over and only two of the others, two of those 10 are JMU. And like, people are kind of interested, you know, like if, building on what we talked about last weekend. I mean, people were aware they had beaten Virginia, you know. I didn't know that everyone was aware of Troy the way that like we're plugged into how big of a game it was, but it was nice having it on NFL network. And then, like you said, I mean, just think I was, I just couldn't help thinking about like past FCS years when it would have been like, we would have so far had like two blowout wins and probably a blowout loss, Yeah, you know, so through three weeks and we've had back to back, like, really exciting games, thrilling games. you know, thrilling yeah. games against teams that matter to the fan base and, you know, in positions that matter. I mean, uh, yeah. So this is awesome. Enjoy it. Everybody. Uh, I, I, this one was stunning. I, I think Rob, not that I, you know, I thought they had a good chance to win. I wasn't discounting it, but man, I mean, for Troy to be the team that won the conference last year and you go down there and in these two years, I, I I mean, there were, I don't know, I didn't write them down, but the stats since Jamie has come to FBS, I mean, they're 14 and three with wins over App, Coastal, Troy, Virginia. Like, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, so, it's, it's just stunning. Yeah. And this was, I, I think, arguably, this is the best one, or at least the most impressive in terms of like, just the whole circumstances around it, right? The on the road, new team, tough team, defending champs, missing both your starting star linebackers, you know, coming game off an emotional delayed. high. It, what game getting delayed? Weather delay, yeah. Weather delay. Um, not a lot of atmosphere in the stands other than the very nice and hearty, you know, two, three hundred JMU folks. Um, but yeah, all that. And then, uh, you know, assistant coaches getting into it with fans, you know, like, no, but I mean, this was a really impressive, I felt like this was really impressive. This one. I mean, they, gr- that was the definition of grinding, you know? Yeah. I, I thought it was, so, great. it was just kind of a, yeah. a tough, tough win. Um, we could throw it off. And deserved. Like I didn't feel like it was, deserved. no, I didn't feel like they stole it. it. <laughs> no, both teams were kind of playing that rock'em sock'em, like let's try yes. to keep it close. And then, you know, somebody's going to make a play at the end, good or bad. You know, know, somebody's either, you're either going to have a field goal or it's going to come down like it did defensive stop. So um, yeah, I mean, both teams looked like, even though Troy lost, this is going to sound silly, but they look like they're prepared to play those sorts of games. You know, you keep it close. They they don't have anything to hang their head over. I mean, like, like we would be if we had lost that. I'm sure they're looking back and oh, coulda, shoulda, woulda, but they played a really tough team. It was mm-hmm. kind of an ugly game. Both teams yep. adjusted to what was given to them and made the best of it. And it just came down to, you know, a, a missed kick here and, you know, a couple very untimely intentional groundings. You know, I, I thought yep. they both were the right call. Yeah. They're kind of both pretty costly for both teams. I don't know. It's a close game. Good game. I look forward to playing them for, you know, in the future. Me too. Me too, for sure. And, um, We'll get to the whole game. There's obviously even a bigger story in Jamie Athletics uh, to touch on tonight. We'll get there as well. Uh, but as always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Go by the shop there on 33 and pick up um, anything you need. 
for the fall fishing season. And it's oh, some some really much needed rain these last couple of days. So, I, I, and then it's beautiful again today, but uh, that was necessary. Not necessarily the best for everyone's weekend or Sunday, but really necessary. So uh, go see the guys. If you mention the show, you get a free sticker. Uh, big thanks to them as always. Uh, all right, Rob, we're going to do four downs first before we look ahead to another another road trip, third in a row. Yeah. Signetti said, I didn't actually get to hear the whole press conference today. Um, I've been running around and busy with work today but our others and other stuff. And uh, But I did hear him say he thinks they're the only team in the NCAA that has to play three straight road games. <laughs> and I was like... Is it, have we really gone through all 133 schedules? Yeah, that's like a coach thing to say. That's a very coach. I was like, man, yeah, he's getting them up for the third I week mean, in it, a row. It is funny how like yep. coaches and athletes, everybody finds these ways to be slighted. You know, mm-hmm. like like a lot of people, I watched that Chicago Bills or Jordan documentary, and you know, oh yeah, and I took offense to that where he just made up these things. Right, and right. It was demonstrably false, and right. I feel like that's it's. I guess it continues to work with some athletes it certainly works with college kids coaches can continue to play the nobody respects this card from right. jason kelsey last year chiefs were oh, yeah. what one of the odds on favorites the entire year right and he's playing that nobody believes in us so, I mean, yeah. good. maybe maybe jmu is the only team to play three straight but yeah i i'm doubting that was a research-based thing was that oh, jason kelsey favorite. from the eagles or travis kelsey from the chiefs travis kelsey i'm sorry i only brought it up because i don't know if you saw the call yesterday when kelsey scored the touchdown um, no, I didn't. And, you know, there's been these ta- Taylor rumors. Taylor Swift, yeah. And uh, Ian Eagle, the announcer, when said, Kelsey finds a blank space in the end zone. <laughs> it was so good. That guy's been saving that up all week. <laughs> like, yeah, he has. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right, Rob, you go first tonight. Um, what's your first down? Because there's a lot of standout performances and a lot of places we could go here. So. I'm going to go – I want to talk about the defense. Yeah. Um, I I think it was an outstanding effort. And I know people are I do gonna, too. Like, results of being homers or glossing things over. Come on, negative 12 yards rushing. Negative 12 yards. And we talked a lot last week about what a potent running attack Troy had. Yeah. Um, Troy threw the ball a lot. Troy definitely had some big plays and some success. But the defense is not this sieve that some fans are making it out to be. Absolutely, no. they're susceptible to big plays in the passing game. We saw that last year. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the nature of having a young secondary. But uh, Troy had a seven-play, 75-yard touchdown drive and then an eight-play, 64-yard touchdown drive. Other than that, they had one drive longer than 40 yards. And it yeah. was the last drive when Jamie was in the prevent. Otherwise, I mean, if you take a look at the drive chart, if yep. you take a look at that today, Todd, it's oh, like, yeah. you know, four for 19, four for 35, eight plays, 19 yards, two plays minus six, the touchdown yep. drive, three for eight, four for 18, four for eight yards, three for two yards. You know, like it was a heck of an effort. People are making it, they're acting like this was Everett Withers style defense. It was not. They definitely gave up some big plays. But one thing that I saw is that. I, in the heat of the moment, I'm just like anybody else. Sure. I see a 25-yard bump. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But then you go back. The young DBs also made some plays. That's what I'm going to say, you know, especially the corner, I felt like. Yeah. Yeah, but at corner, like, people will talk about Logan getting beat, but are they talking about the passes defended or right. or just locking guys down? I'm like, I don't know. I, I think this there's definitely room to work on the pass mm-hmm. defense, but it is not this lost cause. And in many ways, I, I thought we saw some improvement there. I thought it major was, improvement. It, it was a bend but don't break effort. The run D speaks for itself. Yep. Um, they had fewer yards per attempt than JMU did in the passing game. You know, like it oh, just, and it's yeah, and six sacks. So I, I just yes. I, those two drives stand out, and you're like, oh, what's going on? It's terrible. But other than that, it was like big play. But then they'd buckle down and get off the field. They they were like three for sixteen on third down. So oh, I yeah. don't know. I I think this whole sky is falling with the defense which I am guilty of in the heat of the moment. If you go back sure. and check our text, it's like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with the pasty? But if you go back and rewatch it, or you look at the stats, like there's a lot to be happy about as well. And by the way, they only gave up 14 points. Right. You know? so, That's the uh, thing. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, they played the conference champs. They gave up 14 and, and they gave up all those 14 in the, like they gave up none in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like when they were always up by two, it was always on the line. It was like, very much hanging in the balance. Yeah, and and like you said, the six sacks, um, 
two turnovers, I think. I, the the Coles play, like, you know, just these are huge. You're going to give up some plays when you also make big plays. Like, and you know, you when you're rushing the quarterback and, yeah, and, and the negative plays that JMU creates for the offense, it's like, it just gets them off the field immediately, right? I mean, yeah. when you have a 10-yard loss, like, nobody's going, nobody's converting third and 20 against this defense, really. Yeah. Once they know what's coming kind of thing. I, if anything, my one complaint with Troy, I mean, I, I felt like you, they played a tough game and hung in there. I don't know what the hell their coaches, I mean, they obviously saw what, our fans have seen, which is they thought they could beat JMU in the passing game, but they don't, but to just, they came out throwing, like they basically never tried to run. Yeah. They have this great running back. What do they have? 10 carries or something? I mean, really ridiculous. Like, what are you doing? I just, I don't know on some level, like if you're going to play a grinded out game, that kind of game plan is not, (laughs) I don't know. I just, that's crazy. But yeah, I think that's a great place to start, Rob. I'm with you completely on the defense being actually, you know, underrated at this point. And, and I don't know who cares if they're underrated. It's just, I think I agreed with you that I saw improvement and I saw Coles, um, Ponds, 19. Yeah. Like there were guys covering players and mm-hmm. look, six, we talked about, I talked about it. I wrote about it in the preview on Friday. Lewis, number six is just damn good. The mm-hmm. receiver for them. And I was like screaming at the television, like, because that was the only place the quarterback was trying to throw it in the second half was yeah. wherever six was. And like, yeah, I get frustrated. They're not double covering him or whatever. But at the same time, like the guy's just really good. <laughs> like, and sometimes they're just really good guys on the other team too. And I thought your tweet after the game, Rob, about like, it's a hell of a conference. Yeah. You know, it's just, these teams are, this is not. This is not Albany, you know, like, no, right. This is like what we signed up for, this is what we signed up for, right. This is where Nobody DeMarcus Ware went to off. school, right? Like, <laughs> like this, this like, is legit. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's turning that off. Uh-oh. And you know, like we got to be honest, Todd. I mean, we struggled to watch all four quarters. A lot of these games last year, oh. two years ago. And even and frustrating games where JMU would botch things and let New Hampshire back in the game or, you know, even that wasn't really fun to watch. No, you, you didn't know. really worry. Right. It wasn't like, oh, th- there were certain games where they'd never really hung in the balance. This well, you worried cool. they were going to collapse, but you didn't worry that they were going to just lose because the other team was good. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah. Like for these games, you kind of got the, the fun nerves or butterflies mm-hmm. all day for a game yeah. like this. A seven o'clock start, like you're looking forward to it, but in ways, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun and it's not going to be a cakewalk. Yep. And 3 0 is 3 0. So yep. I was I was very happy about it. Oh, it's a massive 3 0. I'm very, very delighted. Yeah. A defense, a great place to start overall. Um, I was just gonna start with the young young guys, the youngins. Yeah. Um, and, and some of those are on defense, some are on offense. But I mean, I, uh, first of all, I also was reminded this weekend, I love the JMU doesn't do game balls, they do you get to lead the fight song. Yeah. Like that is so cool. And that, you know, I Signetti talked about how. It was Aiden Fisher and Mikhail Kamara, a couple sophomores. And you know what? Those are sophomores from Virginia who were recruited by JMU. Like, it's not all transfers, you know? And did you um, hear Kamara's yeah. comments in the postgame about how no. excited he was? They asked him about leading it, and he said it was great. He's He was very excited about it. He's no. like, his words were something effective. I've had big games before, but always on nights when my teammates had bigger games. Mm-hmm. So it it's a real privilege. Like, he thought that was cool. Nice. Actually, get to do that, and I don't. It's it just looks like they're having so much fun and celebrating the right ways. I don't. It know. does, and Elijah Surratt catching the touchdown. You know, yeah. Um, and like we said, D'Angelo Pons. I mean, I mean, basically playing the whole game at corner now. I, I mean, uh, Trent Hendrick, and you got to talk about Trent Hendrick. Like none of us were expecting to be without. I think we all thought Jalen Walker would not play immediately. You know, I was like, where's zero? Like, where's Torres Jones? And yes, Torres Jones, not Torres Carroll. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Trent Hendrick played the whole game. I mean, him and Brett Austin. I mean, uh, Aiden Fisher had to play the whole game, basically, yeah. at linebacker. And, Fisher you know, think of that rushing defense effort, you know, which was insane. Oh, and then the other guy I got to talk about. The man-child, Tyreek Tucker. Yeah. 59 at, next to Carpenter. I mean, with those two guys in the middle, 
good luck running against this team right now. <laughs> like, and with Kamara and Chroma on the ends, I mean, this is awesome. And then they get to bring in a fresh Jalen Green to rush the passer in obvious situations. I, I don't know. And I did, like you, I also thought they got a little better play at the Rover spot from Chuck Winecki and Reed this week. They I thought Chuck looked, Winecki made a number of really big plays. He did. I, I felt like both those guys looked a little back to them normal selves, kind of what yeah. we've gotten used to the last few years. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I just, I was really, really pleased with the effort on defense. And, you know, we're just seeing a lot of these. I'm just impressed, you know, in this, we talked so much about McLeod and last year, Santeo and some of the receivers, you know, Sproles, the like upper class transfers that have made a big difference for this team. But man, I mean, the young guys too, it's and all a lot of these guys were, these were JMU kids. It's not just all the transfers, you know? So I just, that, that was where I couldn't, couldn't help but go there too. So what about third down, Rob? I know there's, there's at least one more. Well, I got to go the other direction and the offense. I think everybody's freaking out about those big plays on that the defense Mm -hmm. gave up, but the red zone struggles really had me concerned. And some of it, I think, was it, it looked to be that the field and the ball was a lot slipperier than anybody. Mm-hmm. You saw things in the You mean the after the looked, weather delay? Yeah, I couldn't really tell. After the weather delay. Like, couldn't really tell, but like some of those snaps looked like it was a situation where maybe it was skidding on the turf. when it, I just – it seemed like they kind of turtled a little bit when they got in the red zone and tensed mm-hmm. up. I didn't see the chemistry with the receivers that I thought we'd see. Or it wasn't at the level. I thought we'd take like another step forward. I didn't really think that was there. Um, just one of right. those nights. It's not like a massive cause for concern. I'm not one of these like fire everybody to, you know, throw the ball or I don't know. It just, it wasn't in sync. Right. And, and that had me concerned throughout the game. It should have been a, a larger margin if we're being honest, you know, like yeah, they're moving should. the ball pretty well. And then they just struggled in the red zone. That yep. being said, Three big yeah. kicks, three big kicks. That's what this was my fourth down was you know, Cam Wise. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and special teams in general, I think, because they, they did do better on downing some of the punts. You know, the end of the game there, the decision, you know, to punt and pin them deep was really good. You know, yeah, I mean, I thought there were some, and certainly, I mean, Cam Wise looks locked in right now. He does. Like, I don't know. Does. I don't know what the range is, but at least to say 45, 43, 44, 45, you know, these are not. He's not sneaking them in or they're very consistent. Just, you know, I'm sure we, in the kicker fraternity, they they know what, you know, they're just, he's hitting them in the same way every time kind of thing. Um, Yeah. Which is very solid and very, yeah, that's a, and it's, and, and then, like you said, also, I thought the third kick that he made when it was, what was it? It was 13, seven JMU. And I did think they, they were a little less aggressive than maybe, I would have been, but I also understood it in the moment where at the time it was like, all right, we got this. We're here. We're down here. Like, let's make sure we get up two scores. You know, that's a good um, point. Like like, some of the lack of aggressiveness could in a weird way be confidence in the kicking game. Yeah. And just kind of like where we were in the time in the game and how your defense was playing at that point. Mm -hmm. You're like, you know, nine points is going to be tough (laughs) for either team to come back from kind of thing. Um, and that's what as happened. As true as that all is, and they missed a kick. Right, it worked. They missed a kick too, but they still. You got to be better in the red zone. No you doubt. Know, the season goes I was on. more frustrated, I think, with the first two red zone failures than I was with the last one. I guess is what I'm saying. Just that's fair. Where the situation kind of had changed Dictated a little bit. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, those are all valid points. I think, and um, I don't know. We're going to have to see. I guess the only thing with specials, Todd. Like, yeah. There were some mental mistakes, you know, failing to catch those two punts. Yeah. In a game like, geez, the announcer was beaten to like a dead horse field position, but he was not wrong. You know, no. the game you won, they, they controlled the field position um, big time in the first half. And then they kind of let the let Troy The one was field. really weird where it landed way in front of him. Like he would have yeah. really had to take a dangerous, it would have been dangerous to run up and try to catch it. And then they just got like the luckiest bounce ever where it bounced like 30 yards down the field, you know, and you're like, well, I don't... so there was, there was a kickoff that the guy caught it with his foot in the end zone. I thought, and he took it out and yeah, like 20, they could have fair caught that. I that thought so college. too. Yeah. You bring it back out, uh, yeah. but whatever. I mean, th- those are mental mistakes. It's better than muffing a punt. I'll say that, but yeah, that's certainly, you, you, you give up what 50 yards of field possession between those two, three. Yeah. Points. And I do think Malinagi is, uh, you know, he's excited to be in there and have a chance. 
Yeah. You know, he did he start was behind Van Horst to start the season and kind of finally getting a chance to shine. And yeah, like, eh, I'm sure they'll I think work we'll on make that. plays. I think we'll make plays. I, mean, I do too. That's not yeah. a very difficult thing to correct. Just go to no. I mean, Surratt a couple of years ago. That's all he did. Just yep. field the ball. Just yep. field the ball. So yep. you work on that. Like you said, he wasn't, you know, number one coming out of camp. So mm-hmm. we'll get there. But that was just one of those things that stood out to me on an otherwise outstanding night for specials. Yeah. And then up to three um, significant injured players right now. Uh, you know, not a lot of info. Tyson Wyatt um, went out of this game. Not quite as, not to say I'm not worried about that. I mean, we need our O-linemen, but you know, missing both linebackers was particularly scary when you realize in the first quarter, this is what you're doing. Um, but the guys played great. You know, Fisher and Hendrick played well. I mean, Fisher in particular played really well. Hendrick played well. Um, you know, you hope maybe they can sneak through this week. Uh, doesn't sound like there's a real update on any of the three of those. They were all, you know, supposedly day to day as of now, which probably makes sense given that Jones played out the game last week. You know, so who knows? I, I mean, hopeful that all those guys will return, um, you know, and those are important players, but, you know, and, and, and we're kind of at the point where we really can't afford to keep losing them. But at the same time, you know, doesn't sound like any of them are season ending and catastrophic. So, you know, hopeful those guys can get back on the field uh, pretty soon. Uh, I don't think I have much else from Troy other than just really fun game. Um Decent production on NFL Network. <laughs> I think I was hoping for a little more, but you know, um, in general, this pretty good. Incredibly nitpicky. I enjoyed yep. the broadcast. I thought it was cool. I liked having it. Yep. Did you find that their crawl was so big that you were missing plays on the lower part of the screen? I or did, and it's also frustrating just in general because, uh, yeah, their crawl. They're obviously promoting. You know, they're it's not actually promoting anything related yeah. to the product they're covering. You know, they're promoting a different sport, right? Or a different level of the sport. And yeah, that, that was frustrating. Um, I don't know. Overall, and then, though, I, thought it was, I thought it was great. I did too. And then it was, a, it was a weird night from the refs. I had not, I have to say, Rob, I had not seen that, uh, whatever that the weird penalty ball? where yeah. they like try to, I guess they try to simulate our signals to make us jump off sides. Because I couldn't figure what was going on. I, no, me neither. I'm like, I guess it's good. It's on them. But yeah. still, yeah. Because the first time they did it, whoever was playing, the center snapped the ball. And I was like, what's he doing? He's with the, the one guy who should right. be a false start. But then it made sense with the explanation of they're mimicking the count, the, yep. the snap count. And count. So, yeah, the, the announcer said that's a point of emphasis in college football this year. So I, Yeah, I didn't know that. for doing it. It, it yeah. does seem like an incredibly cheap thing to do to your opponent. So yeah. I'm glad yes. they're calling it. Um, no. And then the weird, like you said, the two weird kind of grounding calls that I'm not sure either one was a grounding call. <laughs> like, Oh, I thought they were. If you look they, at it, yeah. like, there was nobody near them. The intent um, was, yeah. The int- it was pretty obvious they were throwing it away. But. Yeah. But tough times for those. Um, all right. So headed out to, I believe, Logan, Utah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I even have that wrong. They're definitely going to Utah State uh, <laughs> this week. An even later kick, um, hopefully no rain delays this week. That would be even more, even later. Uh, but 8 p.m. this week out in Utah. Utah State is one and two with a strange, I don't know. Their only win is their FCS win where they did score like 75 points against Idaho State or something. Um, they lost to Air Force, apparently a very good Air Force team. Um, you know, lost to them pretty handily this week. But traditionally, who knows? I mean, this is a long trip. The end of three very emotional weeks. Uh, this one's not going to be easy. And, you know, looking for, would really like to see the Dukes. It, it does feel like with this game, Rob, I guess the one thing I'd really like to see is just the offense move the ball better, you know, or finish drives oh, yeah. better, I guess. Because, that, you know, not to say that, uh, you know, I don't know, Utah State may be able to score themselves, but it doesn't seem like they're, you know, they're not, this is not the Troy defense this week. No. Um, and that's not to say that this isn't a good team. It is. Um, it's certainly not a team that Jamie can overlook in any way, but I don't know. I'm excited about this game just because we talked about this before the season. It's rare to get a Sunbelt Mountain West matchup. It's pretty fun. I think there's a couple of those this week because app goes to Wyoming. Um, 
which is also a cool matchup. So yeah, these are kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, big one in this. Of course, the big thing for me, I don't know. Do you got anything else you're really looking for this week, Rob, other than hopefully continued good play from the defense and maybe a little improvement on offense? No, that's it. And just mm-hmm. what I said, I, I expect to see the the punt return game have a quick turnaround. I wouldn't even be surprised if we saw a big play in the return game this weekend. Gotcha. Yeah. And and I just, I know Signetti's going to be working on this all week, but I also just hope the players don't overlook anything um, because the game, the parents weekend game, the next weekend is looking, is it looking like a big, big one? Um, it's a complete sellout at this point already. Uh, not that that wasn't expected for a family weekend, but two weeks in advance to have all the student tickets gone is pretty good. And, you know, immediately, uh, unfortunately for me, um, <laughs> they did get the TV slot. So I, I don't think it was unexpected that JMU South Alabama, we've been talking about this one since before the season, could be a major, could be a big, big game, um, which did send them to noon because ESPNU picked up the best Sunbelt game of the day, uh, which, you know, arguably might be one of the better group of five games this year. <laughs> Um, you know, not that JMU Troy wasn't, but South Alabama blew the doors off of Oklahoma state in Stillwater this week, 33 to seven. And it's going to be pretty hard to overlook, you know, overlook that one for the Dukes. So I'm excited that it's at home and that it's early, you know, um, it's gonna be really early. Is Alabama Eastern Eastern time or are they central? Uh, central. I don't Central, right? Yeah, so it's 11 a.m. kick for those kids, yeah. um, which I'll take. That's good for us, uh, and it should be a good crowd. Should be a crowd that's willing to arrive at noon. You know, the parents' weekend crowd definitely good for local Harrisonburg folks to uh, have all the parents free in the evening. Yep. <laughs> take kids out to dinner in state hotels. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's. Ex- I mean, this is like you said. This is what we signed up for. This is what we've all been dreaming about, and. I would really like, that's the one thing with this week. Just want to see them, you know, not to say that a win is guaranteed. I think Jamie is about a four point favorite this week. I think I saw early four or five points going to Utah state, you know, so definitely not an easy game, but a winnable game. And every week that they stay undefeated is, as we learned last year, it just gets more fun, you know? <laughs> um, and you set up a lot of, I, I, this week is an enormous week in college football. Like it's, I'm actually glad that Jamie's playing at 8 p.m. this week, Rob, because there's like it might be raining all week, all Saturday this week, and there's like yeah, it's not, a million it's not awesome games all day. Yeah, so it should be a fun one. And this would not be a week where like if Jamie's South Al was this week, it would get zero attention against all these other, you know, Colorado, Oregon, Ohio State, Notre Dame type games. But uh, the following weekend, I think Jamie's South Al could could move the needle if both teams keep a winning. More wide so. open. Yeah. 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 So that should be fun. Uh, lastly, before we go on to a kind of fun overtime tonight, um, biggest news in quite a while. I don't think completely unexpected, but Jeff Bourne announced he's going to be retiring at the end of this school year, basically um, spring 2024. So I don't know what to say. It's been 25 years. Um, we've gone from like, being indifferent in the, at the beginning to being, you know, critical and upset at times to being absolutely blown away by pretty much everything since say 2011, 2012. Um, and that we should have been blown away before that. Uh, I think Bourne has probably been, you know, he's, he's pretty darn close to like the Mount Rushmore of JMU administrators, not just athletics, but like anything. You know, I mean, Carrier, you know, there's like, like he's been really influential and the proof is kind of in the pudding on this one. You know, they've been to the College World Series. They've won a lacrosse championship. They've moved to the Sun Belt in the, which was both good fortune, but it also proved him right for not panicking a decade earlier. Yeah. You know, they've hosted game day twice. Also because they didn't panic a decade earlier when fans like me were yelling and screaming, you know, um, and just the thing, the thing that will always stick with me with Bourne and I think his replacement is going to be one of you know, arguably the most important hire for JMU athletics ever. 
because um, it's going to be just enormous shoes to fill. And it's a whole new world right now with everything that's changed at sort of big time athletics and with JMU being kind of, they're at a bigger time place right now than they've ever been. Um, but I, the two things that will stick with me is he's always had, you know, Rob, obviously we're, you know, they knew how to butter us up, I guess. Right. But they gave us an <laughs> award, right. You know, like, no, but not just us. I, I feel like he's always had a good sense of like the pulse of the fan base. Yeah. Um, and been kind of, somebody's been helping him. He's always had people help him put the right people in to, to sort of tell him what's going on on the ground with things. And, I, you know, I, they don't fix everything perfect, but they do listen. And that's sort of number one. And then the second thing for me, Rob, is you, you probably know this. I mean, in a lot of our, a lot of our friends and all of us that work in kind of the corporate world, his ability to kind of maintain relationships for the most part with people he's had to fire yeah. or like people that have had difficulty, you know, or challenges with JMU, obviously, you know, the Mickey situation is unique and, and maybe not the best example to point to there. But I think those of us that have been really plugged into this program for as long as we have, have seen some people, I am just consistently impressed with some of the people I see say hi to him or speak highly of him at games who don't work for JMU anymore, you know, yeah. um, but maybe still live in town and go to games occasionally and, you know, or went to school there or married into it or whatever. And that's, that's a pretty hard, <laughs> that's a pretty tough skill. I, I can't imagine being able to do that very well. You know, well, the, the guy, I mean, he had tremendous, yeah. so Jamie had tremendous success under him. And, and I think you need to, if you believe in the athletics being the front porch of the university, you also mm -hmm. need to give him some credit for the expansion of the school in general. Um, but oh yeah. Well, I, I didn't even mention the, the new basketball arena and the football facility and the Centera park. And then what that means to expanding the enrollment when kids want to go to your school. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, he also like it, he was not perfect. Nobody is. And, you yeah. know, you can point to basketball was kind of in the hither lens for a while there, mm -hmm. but I think he's got that on track. He made a lot of really good hires. He also wasn't afraid to make difficult decisions. Um, you mentioned the Mickey situation. Yeah. You know, FCS programs don't get rid of coaches. They certainly don't get rid of coaches that have won national championships. He knew when it was time to move on. That was Yep. Not easy for him, not easy for Mickey, obviously. And we've gone withers to Houston to Signetti and yeah. never looked back. You know, it's and been I all know upward. There's still, there's still former JMU athletes who it's a sore spot, but he took on the, the Title IX compliance challenge and made yep. a difficult decision to cut sports that was still hurts a lot yep. of people in a very real way. But, I mean, it, we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah. if that had not been done and he wasn't willing to be out there and be the face of those decisions. I also always admired him. Like he didn't shy away from the tough questions and there was yeah. a lot of angst for a lot of years from grumpy fans or from people that, you know, would just thought they knew. We flew a plane them. over game day. Yeah. <laughs> like, caravans and things like that. Yeah. And the guy got out there and he'd talk to you and he'd be polite and respond to anybody. And I think it was a case of he knew and he was right or his, it's kind of calling people's bluffs. Like, are they really going to puff out their chest and get in his face? No, they weren't. No. But I think they didn't do that because he had a good demeanor. He, he, you meet him and you realize the guy's an honest broker. He's doing his best. Mm -hmm. He wasn't, you know, acting against people or shying away from the FBS decision. Or if He had a plan. It executed. And thus far, it's really been pretty flawless. So, <sighs> I'll talk like, to him. He, yep. He'll well-deserve retirement, but big, big shoes to fill. Yeah. And like you said about the hires, with the exception of men's basketball there for a while, um, he also gave those hires the resources and the patience that are needed to win. Like there hasn't been a ton of turnover. You know, you think about the last 15 years, like football, there's been turnover because coaches got better opportunities. Yeah. But, you know, even in, I mean, we saw, Shelley, you know, we just lost a tennis coach to a better opportunity. You know, like. It was a great hire. Right. Who was a great hire, you know, uh, exactly. And I mean, I think about hiring coach O when Kenny left, I don't think that was like the most popular. It certainly wasn't the, like, you know, you weren't swinging for the fences there. 
at least that wasn't the perception in the fan base, right? You're making an internal hire off the bench. You know, it was right for the program, though. It was, was exactly for right for the yeah. program. And then to stick by him through like the kind of odd, some odd circumstances of COVID and injuries and things. And it, you, you really see it pay off with the title last year and the just consistent success of that program, you know. The decision. And the rings last week. Do you see that? Oh, like those were rings? cool looking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not so always a fan of black stuff, but that one was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, do you see who was really vocal with the praise and support online last week was Kenny Brooks. Oh, great nice. things to say about Bourne, which I thought was fantastic. You know, that was yeah. just really, um, yeah. Kenny's going on to do great things and it's nice to see him be successful in the next mm-hmm. job, but it also was nice for him to use his platform to really praise born and and his former boss and talk about for sure you know the break that he gave him and started so it was yeah. just good all around there's a yep. lot of good vibes going around no but man this is a big one they gotta nail this yeah and i think the other thing that's going to be tougher with jmu's kind of increased visibility is the other thing born did really well that i don't think most of us will ever know entirely is i think he handled um really difficult situations with discretion um very well from time to time. Right. Um, I don't think, I think there were a lot of coaches in a lot of sports who, you know, got some protection from their bosses when they, when they made mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, that's a, A, I think that's really good. I mean, I think that's a sign of someone handling their business the right way in terms of the boss, you know, um, and not letting that all come out to the world all the time when it's just embarrassing for people sometimes. But B, I also think that's just going to be an even greater challenge when JMU is more in the national spotlight, you know, under a bigger microscope now uh, where they are. And so that, I mean, again, that's not to say, I don't, I don't mean to put any names on that or any sports on that, but I think it's been handled well over the years. I'd like to see that continue. I have a feeling that will be, that will be more of a challenge these days yeah. um, in the Sun Belt than at times it was in the CAA, you know, so... Or the other conference. Sorry, didn't mean to slip that in there. So, <laughs> anyways, congratulations to Jeff. I mean, what a hell of a run. Um, hopefully, the teams can continue bolstering that resume. You know, those bona fides today. I, I think that's a guy who's going to enjoy. I don't think he's going to like go be the athletic director in Iowa or something. Like, I think he's retiring and going to enjoy himself. I think and, it'll be a lot of fly fishing and time with the grandkids. Yeah, yeah. I think we may see him in the suite at Bridgeforth from yeah. time to time or, or over at the bank center, you know, but like, <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to enjoy it. Um, yeah. And that's pretty cool. So big congrats to him. Rob, we did have a fun overtime tonight. You want to introduce we just, it? But, well, yeah. We're still talking sports. Can yeah. we just put a plug in for the official Richmond watch party Saturday mm-hmm. night? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw Barry's email, but I didn't. Um, oh. his, his band – Laburnum Park, which yep. is a bunch of JMU guys or people with JMU ties, is playing at Kindred Spirit Brewing in Richmond nice. Saturday yeah. from 6 to 9, with the game being on the Mountain West. They've kind of worked it into a live music event and JMU watch party. Cool. So they're going to play as like a pregame event party outside. Then the brewery is going to put up all the, all the four big screens to the game at 8. They'll have the sound pumping through the indoor speakers, music outside, then nine goes over. There's an hour lap. There's an overlap band game. Uh, rain or shine should be really, really fun. The thing is we need people to show up, show up, support Barry and the guys in the band um, and show up and support the brewery because they're agreeing to keep it open late for everybody. So we have oh, a big cool. crowd there. Really yeah. Kindred spirit, great beers. Um, yeah. Family friendly. You bring kids. Uh, check it out but great idea i think it's really cool live music and the dukes two of our favorite things oh and beer so what's not to like but uh check out the brewery website kindred spirits and the band again is laburnum park bunch of jmu guys go check it out sounds like a great night i wish we lived closer because i would definitely be there so have a good yeah, time Gary's like the king of 109 so go watch yes. this yeah <laughs> go well, enjoy this yeah it'll be a good time guaranteed so For just sure. want to put in that plug thanks rob no that's awesome i'm glad i didn't actually see that during my Weird day today. Um, all right, so take us to overtime, Rob. Overtime. We're going. We're going back to kind of our roots, which is just getting a little <laughs> weird and talking about things that have nothing to do with with anything important, even more so than normal. So, I think tonight, Todd, let's talk about um, pop culture blind spots. 
So uh, things that are very much in the zeitgeist. Our blind spots, problem, right? Our blind spots that we have no idea what they are. And yeah. this is not just an excuse for us to be old men. Again, <laughs> these could be things like, for instance, I came about like, I had never seen blazing saddles till this summer. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? Like, this is a big, and I'm a comedy nerd. So things yeah, like this that. is like something I would have thought. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Just, you got any that, that have completely gone over your head or your, yeah. to? the one that I'm really bad about for someone who like loves generally, like is a big fantasy and sci-fi fan. Mm-hmm. I have no, like if it comes from the comic world, like the MCU, I'm, completely blank yeah and it's so weird for someone who like maybe that's just it's a different thing when it's like superhero stuff it's kind of fantasy adjacent yeah but like i feel like so many of the other content that i consume about other fantasy and sci-fi stuff those people are always referencing you know marvel stuff and i don't know it (laughs) like you know like i've seen the biggest ones right like Black Panther or whatever, but I don't know anything else, you know, <laughs> and I don't know the difference between like one or the other, like DC or Marvel or whatever. I mean, I've seen Batman, right? All the various versions of Batman, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know all the Thanos stuff, right? I don't know all that stuff. <laughs> so No, yeah, that, that's not a full on blind spot for me. Yeah. But it's definitely hazy. Well, you like, have I've kids, right? You have two boys. So yeah, and they're very into it. Like, right. You know, go yeah. see in theaters. So I've seen a bunch of them uh-huh. i think the ones that i like are the ones people generally consider to be lame like i like uh-huh. the ant-man and the wasp things um, okay i like yeah. black panther a lot yeah but otherwise i can't really like i don't think i've seen any of the guardians of the galaxies i'm kind of out on the whole thing like I, I went to the what was the last one the freaking avengers where they like all snap their fingers and okay well i don't know because i haven't i'm like not and then now they all kind of build on one another and so i don't have the old references right 100 out on that i'm not going to learn the whole backstory i'm just there and watch some people smash some buildings and you know whatever yeah that that's i I kind of i'm kind of there with you yeah maybe Uh, maybe if i can't line up the uh the old special surgery for march madness i'll like (laughs) I'll download all the movies and watch them or something. I don't know. But yeah, that's funny. Okay. Um, I got one and this, this might be a surprise. This is definitely something you would expect an old person to be into. I've never seen an episode of law and order. This is funny because everyone, I mean, I'm a lawyer and so everyone thinks I, I don't either. I have never been able to watch. Actually, I can't watch any, I've never really watched any legal, legal procedural. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Um, I get frustrated at them. It, most people like, you know, 99% of us don't practice criminal law either. Right. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But that's a funny one. I'm, I'm sort of aware of, I mean, I guess we're like you, Rob, we're aware of law and order, right? Like, eh, I don't uh, know. I know it's got like some chime or like dun dun, but like, yeah, yeah. that's it. I, I don't even know. Is it about, I mean, I, I know some of the lawyers, like, main actors cops? over the years. Like I'm nope. like, a yeah, right. It's, I got, what did I they got say nothing. at the beginning every time? It's about the uh, law enforcement don't, and the district attorney or whatever. <laughs> don't know. Don't know. I just, yeah. I feel like it's peak demo for like, that's supposed to be middle-aged man. Father, yeah. And I, I got nothing. Well, this is good nothing. on the TV front because I also, Rob, I, I, my other one, I don't know any of these like um, modern kind of prestige dramas. Like I don't know billions or succession or, like yeah. I know, and it's we. I just really struggle with like drama in general. Like I don't, I, I just I like get uncomfortable and awkward. And I don't know. I, I feel like I have enough of that in my life without that. Um, I did watch all of Yellowstone, which is weird, but that's almost so outrageous that it's not even, it's not reality in any way. You know, it, it's almost comical. Um, yeah, I watched a bunch of Billions, then I kind of bailed, and I watched all of Succession. The thing that makes those difficult mm-hmm. is the entire television series based around completely unlikable individuals. I think this is what like, it is. I just don't yeah. like, yes, I don't. Yeah. yeah. They're not good people. You're not rooting for them. They're the type of people you run into over the course of your career who turn your stomach and everything. But, right. it's, a, but it's not like a hate watch because it's not, it's, it's, so those two in particular, I can, Okay. They're worth the succession's worth watching. Billions first couple seasons worth watching, and then it just I don't know. Okay. Just, I would just checked out. 
Um, but I get that. Like I, I had a tough time after we had kids, mm-hmm. things that I had loved my whole life. I started to have trouble enjoying, particularly ah. like mafia and gangster movies. The, yeah. Like the morality of it. Like, I started to really like, question is like, like how can these people you gonna sit down and watch the wire with decisions? your five-year-old? Like, yeah. <laughs> right, but like, also like, even with, like I love the wire, but that right. was just an emotionally exhausting experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I start to I started to have a really difficult time watching things where I felt like people were making decisions that jeopardized their family. I'm I'm a little bit back on that now. I can oh, I gotcha. use it as escapism, but you know, so I get that with the dramas. That's yeah, the succession thing it came up to me today because you you raised this as the topic, and um, I don't know if you saw, but my guy Sepp Kuss, with an American winner of the Tour In of Spain, Vuelta of Spain, yeah. yeah. Um, so GC Kuss is real, and uh, um. Yeah, so that I've been enjoying that, but there's this podcast I listen to about cycling where they've been. There's been a lot of inter-team drama in the tour of. I don't know if you had thirty thousand foot all. level for people that don't watch. Yes, three people on the same team. team. It's yes. very normally like one person on the team is in like the top ten, and they got a guy who won the Giro Italia and a two-time Tour de France winner, and um, now the guy who won this one, and all three of them kid. were in first, second, and third place overall in this tour. And, and they so the attacked la- him on his birthday. Yes. So the last couple, <laughs> the last week of the tour was all about like whether this team would attack itself. And they did a couple days. And so all the people covering it started using the like succession theme song um, to talk about the race. And I didn't understand what they were talking about. <laughs> yeah, so And the fans in Europe rallied around the American. He's they did. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's also been like the guy. major helper for the other two guys in the Correct. past. Yeah. So. Domestic oh. extraordinaire. So no, that was yeah. Cool. Durango, Colorado's own. Yeah, a Durango <laughs> so, kid. Yes. So, all right. What's another one for you, Rob? Well, I have no idea what Starfield is. It, I what? think it's a video game. I don't or, know what that like is either. Is that, I, I literally have. Is this Starlink? Like, is this? Like, no, I don't no. know. There's some sort of game, or sur- I don't know if it's like role playing or like playstation but i see a lot of stuff online about starfield i don't know if it's like a good game a bad game but there's some controversy i don't know but i just mm-hmm. see it a lot i got no idea what it is but it <laughs> seems to have gamers either happy or sad or frustrated i don't know but there's some sort of thing in the game i'm generally clueless on the whole gaming world i think yeah. this might be like a pc game okay unless unless it's like fifa or MLB. Right. I got nothing on video games. So that's yeah, cool. that's a weird one because I have no idea what it is. I will say, yeah, I'm like very surface level on the video games. Like, I don't know. I know a few from the last few years. <laughs> and I know the ones from when we were younger that have been like remade into franchises. Yeah. You know, Grand Theft Auto or whatever. Like, and then like you said, the sports games. And then I guess I sort of know the ones that come on ESPN, right? The like League of Legends, like the full, you know. Like the ones where people go to theaters to watch people play this thing. Yeah. I don't actually know what the game is. I just like am loosely aware that this it. is a thing. Like people Warner. go watch darts, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like in that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know that JMU has a, what's it called? JMU Valorant East, is, is the esports team, right? Yes. So yeah. <laughs> there's something about that. We follow them on, you know, but yeah, that's a good one. Um, one of my big ones when I really thought about this, Rob, is you, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about like random pop music, at least a lot of time by like middle-aged dad standards, mm-hmm. talking about like pop music on here. But I don't know anything by like male pop artists. I don't like, think I've ever. This is a weird thing. Story. I actually do know like a reasonable amount. I mean, obviously an, an, an uh, like creepy, creepily extraordinary amount about Taylor. But I'm also like generally aware of like, Dua Lipa and Olivia Rodrigo and, you know, I don't, I don't know what, Dua Lipa you know, is. Miley Cyrus and pink and, you know, like I, I'm generally aware of that, but on the male side, like I couldn't tell you a Jonas Brothers song. I couldn't really tell you a BTS song. I could, like, you know, like, like I, I have no I think idea. By some measures, Bad Bunny is the number one biggest artist in the world by like streaming or something. Mm-hmm. I don't, the only thing I know is the Corona commercial. Like with I Snoop. I, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't realize that was him. Okay. I have no idea. Um, I don't know. It's just, that's a complete mystery to me. And it's not about like not understanding Latino music. Um, I think it's the male thing. 
I, I yeah, that's what's weird to me. It, it really yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, like, it's obvious I don't know any hip hop from the last 15 years because yeah. I'm a middle-aged white guy. Like, I just don't know it. Right. But I get that. But, you know, the I was surprised given the amount of like general pop music and pop music culture that I consume that I don't know any of the any of the guys. <laughs> like, yeah. So. Like, I mean, I, I think. I recognize Ed Sheeran and some of the songs, but generally speaking, like Ed Sheeran versus Sam Smith versus Ho- Hozier. Like, but all those no, guys no, are kind of the, no. And they're all like, I mean, I know him more because he was in game of Thrones than I do because of the music. And then I also like, I think of him as like, he's Ken, right? He's Taylor adjacent, you know, <laughs> or, or like something like that. That's the way I think of it. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, yes, that's definitely a weird one. Um, yeah, for both I, of I us. got another weird one. Given yeah. my general music tastes, I've never listened to a Radiohead album. Wow, full that stop. The- and I don't know, like going back to high school when that song "Creep" came out, it was a big deal. And then they played, and I forget. Like I, I feel like I was supposed to go see them at the old nine thirty, and I didn't go. And my friends went, and they came back saying that Tom York was kind of a just. Like snobby and dismissed with the audience. And I think I made the active decision to not like Radiohead. And I'm talking like, I don't know anything about like, I, that is such a weird one for you, Rob. Yes, I know. (laughs) And like, now it's almost like a weird stubbornness or point of pride. Like if a song comes on the radio, I turn it. Cause I'm like, I don't like Radiohead. I probably would love Radiohead. I've never listened to them. Like, I'm not kidding. Like I know that song creep any other time it comes on. Uh-huh. I change it. So I, I haven't listened. When I say I haven't listened to an album, I haven't listened to more than 30 seconds of one of their songs because I just arbitrarily decided that I'm going to dislike this band who by most accounts is one of the preeminent yeah. acts of the, of this millennium. Yes. Yeah. So, and I, and I got nothing and I keep saying like, I got to get over it and just dive into the catalog. You did. I yeah. I kind of don't want to, because I think that will just make me regret ignoring them for 25 years. Yeah, I know. That's a hard thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I had a kind of a weird, I came to them late. So in rainbows time is when I first started paying attention and I actually got to go to a show. I went to a show at that place that I, it's the last show I will ever, that I have been to or that I will ever go to at what is now Jiffy Lube live. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was an absolute like, the, you guys, everyone here knows how bad that place is for yes. both the music and the traffic and the just shit show. The traffic and the traffic yeah, the and the traffic. Traffic, yes. Um, but it was pouring down rain, like just deluging. And that was actually worse part of the than problem when we saw it. Buffett there. It was. And it made the traffic even worse because there were roads that were closed because of flooding. And it was like, oh, it was a disaster. And they were awesome. <laughs> and they like did such a cool job of like sort of acknowledging what was going on in the crowd and, and like kind of trying to reward somewhat, I think the people that hung in there kind of. Um, and it was such a good show. Actually, I feel like Dreek may have this on like CD or something, Rob, that would be a good place to start. Um, because then that really, that sent me into like, okay, now I really want to get into the whole thing. And then I did go back to the beginning and like, and that was when I worked at that, I, you know, I won't name the employer, but I worked at a job kind of for a couple of years that I hated. Um, and, and it was one of those where like, you know, I would take my lunch out to the car to let's like get out of the office, you know, like yeah. I would listen to that radio. Yeah. 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 Like it was like one of those. Yeah. And, uh, or I would ride my bike to work and on the way home, I would like put it on the headphones, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's funny. So but that got me into got, That is got, a crazy one for you, though, Rob. I got. I got. Uh, I guess I got to dive in. I know yeah. there's other brands that like yeah, that I just haven't had time a... to dive into. Like my morning jacket, I only me too. In the past year, I just didn't have time. But I was like, okay. you know what? I got to. I got to dedicate some time into that. I feel like Steely Dan is another one. I'm like, you know what? I got to yeah. dive into Steely Dan. I think Radiohead. It's been the opposite. I've actively been avoiding them, and I've got this weird stance <laughs> for no reason. Like they personally yeah. wronged me. I. I it's weird, but that one I think is a big blind spot for me. That's funny. That's a good one. Yeah. No, I don't know. I was trying to think what else I have. <sighs> oh, I sure got one is. that's completely gone over my head. It's not necessarily a blind oh, spot, but kind of, 
I don't know if you've seen this meme of the moment where supposedly like all guys think about the Roman Empire all the time. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah, I didn't know about this one either. I, what? The, what? Like, like, I know about that. Is... <laughs> but like, and for anybody else that's kind of missed this, supposedly yeah. some influencer or just random person on Twitter said like she asked her significant other or brother yeah. or husband or the males in her life how often they speak, think about the Roman Empire. And they all were like every day. What the? I, I was just in Rome this summer. I didn't think about the Roman Empire there. Like no, I was walking I, it's around like, Rome and I wasn't contemplating like the Roman empire. I was thinking about gelato and pasta. Like it, this is, am I just like an outlier male? Is, do you think about the Roman empire a lot? It's no, it is Never. weird because like, I don't, like, I don't, I wouldn't say that I, I don't think of it in terms of the Roman empire. I'm like, it's funny because I'm a big cycling fan. It all takes place in Europe and they often talk about, you know, you get these random cobbled streets in Belgium that were Roman <laughs> You know, which like, is neat, but I don't. Think which is cool, that. right? Well, yeah, I'm not like, in Belgium. Yeah, right, right. It's cool, but it's not like something. I'm, I'm not actually thinking about the Roman Empire. I'm just like, oh, that's cool, right? Yes. I mean, I I think both of us probably think about like, you know, the influence on religion or yeah. our own faiths, right? Yeah. From time to time, but I don't think of it in terms of the empire. I, yeah, no, it's a very random thing. I do not think about this. I do not think about like, I mean, I think about when I went to Rome because that's a that was an awesome trip, and I would love to go there again. You know, but like, no, I don't. But did you walk around like contemplating Julius Caesar? Like, no, like no. I, I mean, you do the tourist like, thing. Oh, I mean, I went. Yeah, yeah I went to the Colosseum or something. But yeah, then I do I was the history. Being like, yeah, I was like, let's go get some gelato. I wasn't thinking about the empire and how far it stretched or no, I don't know, man. Mainly. I just think about like everyone probably died of like stupid shit when they were 30. Right. (laughs) Like, you know, like it's not any different than anywhere else in the world. 2000 years ago in my, like, I mean, I know it is right from a like culture and philosophy standpoint, but no, I certainly don't think about it more than say like Greece or the Aztecs or something, you know, (laughs) Like, right? I, don't I don't think like... about any of that. No, right. I wish I did. Right. Like, I, I wish I wish I was a buff. I wish yeah. I was a history. Like I feel like a lot of people our age, males, yes. are history. But like they've got their favorite. Oh, oh my dad! I mean, his, so that's he's what my dad's Civil War guy. knowledge is is yes. insane, or, right? You yeah, know, the, the Aztecs or the Mayans yeah. or oh my gosh, he's really into whatever Chichen Itza or Machu Picchu or, or the Greeks or whatever no none of that no and my dad was a history professor yeah your dad's like really smart about this kind of stuff yeah my dad just published a book (laughs) on russian history his first book like he's got a phd in russian history from princeton like my if i wanted to be any sort of history buff my basement growing up was just wall-to-wall history books right right never read a single one and I enjoyed, like, I would go to history class. I liked it because I felt like it was just story time. Yeah. But I, I and every couple of years, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get into it. Like, I, I want to, I'm going to choose my era and that I'm going to learn all about colonial America. Or when we moved to Alexandria, I was like, oh, this is, this is the forcing function. I'm going to yeah. learn all about colonial because <laughs> all these guys like hung out, in, you know, down the street from me. Yeah. And, nope, nope. Nope. I read 1776 or three quarters of it. Yep. Most likely. It, it's, I don't know, man. I, maybe I'll do that. I, I got to choose my error. I feel like that's my middle age duty. I need to find my. It ain't going to be Rome though. It'll maybe it'll be colonial America. I get this. I do get this. I mean, I get this thing. You know, I, I get a notion every couple of years to like try to learn something, like stop reading fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, about magical, you know, witches or something, and and like yeah. read read about fourteen ninety one or something, and then. I, I read one book and then that's it, you know, <laughs> I don't, the space stuff I like, like the, you know, like 4% universe kind of stuff, like what's going on out in the world, but no, I don't, our own like earthbound history. No, <laughs> I don't like, yeah, this is a funny one. Yeah. <laughs> we, we gotta see, if anybody's listening this far, let us know and you will get yes, a prize yeah. of some sort. Oh, <laughs> or suggest an error for us to get. That's the thing. Like, if you're listening this far, before you need to pay money on Twitter. Yeah, I don't want World War II and I don't want the Civil War. 
So give me something else, right? No, <laughs> yes, I want like ancient China or, you know, the Mayans cool. or something cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Mayans might be cool. Maybe I'll become like a... a <laughs> right, yes, kid. But, yeah. but I don't want to go so far to be like the hipster historian of like no. way into something that's seeking more credibility than... It's no, if I'm going to Cozumel, I'm just going to Cozumel to sit on the beach. I'm not like... Yeah you know taking some jeep tour into the jungle or something yeah about, could i get like really into the gold rush yeah, yes yes yes, or something? yes does it need to be war or something no no no, no. Like, or like Mm-mm. whatever it's, it can't be depressing i don't want to be like a dust ball buff it's it's well, all depressing like <laughs> yes right. Louisiana Rob, rob's out there on the wagon like grapes of wrath yeah, exactly <laughs> Tom Jode. Right, right, right. Oh, I love it. I, I, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. That's before the end of football season. Rob's taking a wagon a wagon train. No, I'm going to become a buff. I got yes. I, I just got to find my history. What's it going to be? That, that'll be my quest. I will find a buff before Jamie makes its first bowl game. I love it. I love the clock it. is ticking. Yes, yes. Oh, by the way, that's my last sports-related thing knit to pick here, Rob. What sports Bill, on this podcast? No, I know <laughs> about random crap. No, Bill Connolly, who I I do like, right? Mm-hmm. The the numbers guy, SP for, Plus, yeah, 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 and he's like the ESPN guy. He noted today he did a ranking of the thirty three remaining undefeated teams, and you know I wasn't in any way like offended by the fact that JMU was rather low on the list. Like, you know, it's a big list for the moment, um, with a lot, you know. There's a lot, it's only been three weeks. Like there's a lot of undefeated teams. Yeah. Um, but he mentioned in the article that he talked about like how JMU had beaten Troy and who they should have played in the championship game last year. And unfortunately, JMU is not eligible for the Sunbelt championship this year. And he said, or a bowl. And I was just frustrated because like, I think it was on ESPN, but it was either ESPN or CBS. Like in the last couple of weeks, a couple of those people that project the bowls every week are putting JMU in the are putting JMU in because they realize that JMU has an opportunity to go to a bowl potentially, um, or at least I assume they they realize that. So I was a little frustrated because Conley's usually pretty good. He doesn't usually like between him and whatever editor. well researched. Yeah, usually he's pretty aware of like all the kind of dork details of these things. You know, that's kind of his shtick. Um, so yeah, I was a little annoyed at that. Um, cause there were some, there was a matchup a couple weeks ago. One of them, uh, here we go. I, why am I talking about this? They were already like projecting that we might, might play Western Kentucky and something. And I was like, that'd be really cool. You know, like, I don't know, whatever. Anyways. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I mean, and technically speaking, I guess he's kind of right, but there are caveats that open the door and it was, yes. and Jamie looks to be in position to well, check I, off some of those boxes. We keep saying, right, if they get to a record that is, they potentially will, if there is a, an open slot, they could get to a place, if they got to eight or nine wins, they would have significantly more wins than the other teams that would be being, would be under consideration at that point. And they could be more attractive for that reason. Yep. You know, so anyways, we'll see. The, the one bowl that we had seen them projected in was the one in Mobile, which is, I assume it's South Alabama's home field which would actually be pretty cool yeah like, that wouldn't be a terrible place to go no not at all. <laughs> in december so yeah anyways but all right rob <laughs> this was fun we're done before nine o'clock on monday this is fantastic incredible i can watch a minute of these monday night games and then go to bed all right yeah look at these old guys <laughs> um we'll be doing everything we can to stay awake and text each other during the Came at Utah State this weekend. It is yes, Logan, I, Utah, Rob. It and is. I, I looked see, it up. Yeah. And the Mountain West Network, I will say, you click on JMU's schedule page on the JMU Sports website, like on the watch on the thing, and it takes you right to like the... The streaming site. Right? The streaming site. So I don't know if Mountain West Network exists outside of streaming. I'll be figuring that out later this week, but it's pretty cool that it looks like it's not going to be difficult to find. So, yeah, by all accounts, it's supposed to be pretty easy. It's a free stream produced, but um, Richmond mm-hmm. folks go to Kindred Spirits Brewing. That sounds Definitely. like a really good time and support some really diehard JMU alums. Oh my gosh. Listen, listen to the as diehard as they come right there. Yes. Yeah. We're talking alpha dogs and stuff. Yeah. 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 Former, <laughs> yes. Former, oh. um, I think Eric Boland's in the band. Former oh, wow. JMU Alumni Association. So, mm-hmm. and that just sounds like a great time. Um, 
breweries i always say are surprisingly family friendly if you're on the fence you got young kids or something like that you don't want to go it's always a lot of space usually a lot of space run around whatever i've never been to kindred spirits but yeah. typically you find cornhole or game well you also don't have guys sitting at the bar like crushing double jacks all night correct you know yeah like um, and yeah. four big tvs pumping the sound in it really set up to be a great night nice all right rob well i'll talk to you next week yeah have a good week everybody go dukes <laughs>